personified this is my offering for the new moon in Taurus coming just at the very beginning of Taurus season on April 22nd or April 23rd depending on where you are in the world and yeah we're in Taurus season now it seems like Aries season was like simultaneously 10 years long and like really short so I don't know how that's possible but time since this whole COVID-19 quarantine thing has happened has been upon us time seems to have been kind of moving in a different way so yeah here we are we find ourselves at the beginning of a brand new astrological season and in the very first earth season of the zodiac because Aries is the very first sign of the zodiac. It is our cardinal fire. It is the initiation. It is the idea. It is the first action. And then Taurus. Taurus is how we then stick to whatever came up during Aries season. It's the foundation. It's the grounding. It's the holding on to and standing strong in whatever it is we are manifesting, whatever it is that we value. And so the Taurus new moon I like to use it to set long-term career goals or really big money-related goals because that's the kind of stuff that Taurus likes. Taurus is about our possessions. It's about the, the assets that we have, both tangible and intangible, but practical. And it's about the things that matter most to us. So I have in front of me three tarot cards that I associate with Taurus energy, well that is generally associated with Taurus energy. The first one is um, Taurus's major arcana card, which is the hero font, and then I have the king of pentacles, and I also pulled out the ace of pentacles, because little insight into my own tarot practice, I've been pulling the ace of pentacles nearly every day lately, and I feel like it's a very powerful message for me, but I also feel like the reason I'm pulling this card so often is because maybe it carries a message for the group of people who listen to my podcast that has something that you all need to hear as well. So let's talk about these tarot cards to understand the kind of energy we're moving into for the next 30 days. The Hierophant is the fifth card in the Major Arcana and it teaches us about our belief systems and our value systems. Often the Hierophant is called the Pope in some decks, and it, it, usually it is a male religious leader. It has a female counterpart, the High Priestess, which is the second card, and so yeah, the, the, this card is usually a male organized religion leader, and it teaches us about the belief systems that have been given to us or fed to us when we were growing up. The kinds of things that we were told that the world is before we had that ability developmentally to form our own opinion about what the world is and who we are. And 
so the hero font when it shows up in a reading or when we're moving through hero font energy what we're being called to do is evaluate our value systems evaluate our beliefs and to decide whether or not these beliefs are actually serving us or not maybe we need to be discarding certain things that we were taught when we were kids about what the world is maybe collectively we have these beliefs about how the world is supposed to work and what is important and we need to be going through and and um shedding some of that and deciding what things really deserve to stay in our value systems and i feel this so so deeply um i feel like this energy has been happening this process has been happening since the moment uranus entered taurus which happened last year and we're going to talk about uranus and taurus a lot during this podcast episode but uranus is going to be in taurus for the next seven years he moves through every zodiac sign he spends seven years in the sign and then it's 84 years to get around the entire zodiac and Uranus is disrupt Uranus is the disruptor, he's the revolutionary, he's the visionary. So he's really gonna be pushing us over the next decade to to really re-examine and then revolutionize what we think what we believe collectively to be important. The next card the next tarot card that is associated with Taurus energy is the king of pentacles and so when i look at the king of pentacles and i look at the hero font next to each other as they are um, in front of me i think about tyranny um oftentimes when i pull the king of pentacles the story that i think of is minotaur because in my deck it's a a man sitting in a forest and holding a pentacle and he's got his crown has horns on it like a bull And so I immediately think of the story of Minotaur. And Minotaur is about tyranny. The myth of Minotaur came from ancient Greece. It came from Greek mythology. And, you know, if you study Greek history, especially ancient Greek history in the Athenian Empire, there are a lot of moments where they experience the shadows of tyranny. So in Minotaur, if you're not familiar with the myth, what ha- it begins when Minos prays to Poseidon to legitimize his rule, legitimize his right to be the king. And Poseidon, he basically says, if I'm meant to be the king, then make a bull come out of the ocean. And Poseidon's like, okay. And he makes a bull come out of the ocean. And Poseidon says, you know, I, I've blessed you as the king. I've given you this position and I need you to sacrifice this bull to me to show that you're loyal to me. And Minus falls, like he sees the bull and he sort of, it's this gorgeous white bull and he decides that he doesn't want to sacrifice it. So he tries to trick Poseidon by sacrificing another bull from his herd and he just keeps the one that Poseidon gave him. And the consequence for that is that Poseidon gets angry and he makes Minus's wife fall in love with the bull and then she has a child with the bull and that child is the Minotaur which is this half human half bull and then Minotaur they put him in this labyrinth and then every every year they have to sacrifice virgins to this bull. So what this myth is actually teaching us is that if you're if you are lucky enough to have money, 
power resources if you're lucky enough to be taken care of in this world in a, in the sense that you have way more than enough or if you have dominion or power over certain people you owe them something you owe them service you owe them a devotion essentially Minus owed his devotion to Poseidon and to his people, and he didn't give that devotion. So he ended up creating a monster. And the Minotaur is that force that then devours the innocent whenever a tyrant ends up coming into power. And that is what I think of whenever I look at the King of Pentacles. The King of Pentacles, the significance of the King of Pentacles is it teaches us about service. The kings in the tarot for me speak deeply to service. The message that they carry is usually you have more than you need in whatever area of life it is, depending on the king you pull. There's a King of Cups, King of Pentacles, King of Wands, King of Swords. So the King of Pentacles is like, practically you have way more than you need. And so you need to serve others, you need to share. And so right now in this moment of time, in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, I'm looking at the King of Pentacles and I'm thinking about the people who were able to quarantine, who didn't have to worry about money, whose jobs weren't affected, or maybe they had enough savings and they are able to move through this crisis while maintaining a certain level of safety for themselves. If you fall under that category, that is amazing. And I want to invite you to be aware of the fact that there are millions and millions and millions of people all over the world who are suffering from COVID-19, not just because they've gotten sick, because a lot of people have gotten sick, but there are people who are, you know, they've lost their income and they don't have enough money to eat. There are people who live on the streets and they're not able to protect themselves from this virus because they can't shelter in place. They don't have a shelter. And then there are people who are working on the front lines, um, you know, people who work in grocery stores or as delivery people. These are not the 1% of society. These are not people who are very well off financially. And now they're finding themselves in a position where they have to put themselves in harm's way because their work is so essential to our society functioning. And then obviously like deep bow, deep appreciation to the doctors and nurses and healthcare workers who are putting themselves out there. These people, you know, they've taken they've taken an oath and they've answered a calling to serve the collective in this way and i i deeply deeply honor that and then also there are people who have found themselves on the front lines of this who are not answering a calling who are not people who have devoted their lives to a solemn honorable well every job is honorable but they're they haven't devoted themselves to you know serve people in this way they didn't you didn't apply to work at a grocery store thinking that you were going to end up being one of the few essential people who are keeping society functioning during a global pandemic that's simply not we you apply to work at a grocery store because you need the money so 
when I'm when I look at the King of Pentacles, I think about the disparity of wealth in the modern world, and I think about the class systems that we have and how it leaves so many people behind. And I think that the King of Pentacles is really a calling for those who are on the top to, because it's you who needs to initiate that redistribution of resources. And Uranus and Taurus is in this whole, all of the astrology of, of this COVID-19 crisis if you're somebody who's in a position of power and has a lot of money to share, you are being called to be a part of that redistribution of wealth, of, you know, giving up a little bit more of what you have because you have more than enough so that everybody can have enough. And I think the message that I'm feeling very clearly here is that either you do this willingly or, you know, it happens without your participation because that's just simply how this kind of stuff works. In the last episode of this podcast for the Full Moon in Libra, I told the story of the Titanomachy and the changing of the eras in the in Greek mythology, the changing from the Titans to the Olympians, and this story really illustrates what happens when the people in power or the generation in power holds on to the power that they have and doesn't want to give it away. It ends up being taken by force. It ends up being violent. So I want to I want you to think about your own life and I want you to think about the things that you do have. And if you're in a place where you can offer some service or some assistance to those who are deeply in need, I invite you to do so. And then the third card I pulled is the Ace of Pentacles. And this card isn't like necessarily connected to Taurus. All of the pentacles are connected to all of the earth signs. So like the pentacles in the tarot are connected to Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And I've been pulling the ace of pentacles a lot. And what I'm thinking about when I look at the ace of pentacles is that as the sun is entering Taurus, it's coming into a square with Saturn. Saturn is currently moving through Aquarius and Aquarius is the sign of the future. It's the, it's one of the signs that Saturn rules. So Saturn is in his power right now and he's really pushing us to envision what the future, the long-term future is going to look look like for us both individually and collectively. And I also have been saying a lot that the Saturn and Aquarius ingress and then, you know, later Saturn will go back to Capricorn and then he'll He'll move to Aquarius for good in December. So this ingress and then this transit, they're teaching it's teaching us that we need to be taking better care of of each other. We need to change the ways that we rely on each other. Because right now, we're all relying on big systems to keep our society stable. We rely on money. We rely on programs in the government to help us take care of us if we are are sick or take care of us if we you know don't have enough money to take care of ourselves we're we're relying on unemployment and we're relying on like you know social security and what that's doing that, that the stuff is necessary and it's you know it needs a lot of reform because it's not doing its job right now to take care of the collective especially in the united states 
But also what we need to be doing is we need to be strengthening our ability to actually care for each other. You know, who, how many communities around the world do people actually look to their neighbor to make sure that their neighbor is okay? Back in the day, and back by back in the day, I mean like, you know, a couple million years ago, the, you know, beginning of, you know, humans being a species on the planet, humans lived and died in tribes. And if the tribe was thriving, everyone was thriving. If one person was suffering, the whole tribe was suffering. I don't mean to glorify the way humans lived two million years ago because it wasn't all perfect, but what I'm really coming to understand through this whole crisis is that humans are programmed to live like this. We're programmed to cooperate and to take care of each other. And I think that when we move into May, and when the nodes move into Gemini and Sagittarius, we're really going to be filling this pull towards our local communities. And by the way, when the North Node moves into Gemini on May 4th, it's going to be in a square to Saturn as well. And so the Gemini energy is going to be working with the Aquarius energy, and it's going to be asking us, as when we look at the communities that we belong to on a small level on like, like your your neighborhood your family um it may be a little bigger than the family like any like groups that you belong to how are you really taking care of each other because i feel like um with all of the stuff the planets that have been moving through capricorn over the last couple years there's been this big breakdown with the big structures and the, the the forces that have power and authority over us there's been a breakdown in this and i feel like a lot of 2020 is going to be pushing us towards moving away from our reliance on these big structures and just taking care of ourselves on a communal level on a small scale level an example would be like the grocery stores are constantly out of stock and there's people who are having to put themselves in harm's way in order for everyone else to be able to buy food and feed themselves what if we stopped relying on big corporations and giant industrialized farm chains for all of our food and what if we started planting community gardens and growing our food and actually finding that connection with the earth again and you know getting our nourishment in a more direct way this i think would be a really incredible innovation for humanity but it would be a very bad thing for capitalism capitalism i think we're starting to see just how unsustainable this system is um so what if we what if we created a world where not everything has to be a transaction where the resources that we need they all come directly from the earth there's nothing that we could possibly need that doesn't come from the earth so what if we started um taking some of that power back and so the ace of pentacles it's about a new opportunity it's about a new opportunity all of the aces are about new opportunities and the ace uh, the ace of pentacles opportunity is of a very practical nature and i think that collectively the ace of pentacles is showing up for us to let us know that there is an opportunity to sort of take care of ourselves in a new way to be a little bit more direct with our relationship with the earth and to get some things for free like 
Maybe we can create a lifestyle where we get our food free from the earth just the way Mother Nature intended. Maybe there's new career paths and new job opportunities that are going to come from the restructuring of our society that is going to be required from COVID-19. And I really feel like that is what we're being pushed to examine over tourist season. We're gaining agency from the things that previously had a lot of power over us. And we're taking that power back into our own hands. And there's a lot of practical opportunity that comes with this stuff. So. Think about what this means for your own life and think about how you might play a role in this collective event, in this collective process. And what are the opportunities that lie in this for you? One life to my life. I want a pastime not to pass by to this old living show going on in my living room. I want a flame to my purpose. Like a cord burns and a looped coil from the start to the end, like a finish line goal. Do you still go to bed past 3 a.m.? Under the thoughts, maybe the guilt of your past weekend. Losing yourself in endeavors that don't profit you. Taking your truths, not failing to prove the fool. So I was talking about how Saturn is in the early degrees of Aquarius. He's making an ingress into Aquarius. So in July, Saturn will go retrograde and he'll go back into Capricorn and we'll have some Capricorn business to finish up before Saturn moves into Aquarius for good in December. And also at the time of this recording, Mars is about halfway through Aquarius. Mars and Saturn are both still in the morning sky and they're shining side by side and they're bringing this energy and Mars is bringing energy and initiative energy into this, the sign of Aquarius, which is the eccentric, visionary, electric, humanitarian sign, rules over community, rules over the future rules over science and Aquarius is ruled by Uranus and Uranus is in the earlier part of a seven-year journey through Taurus and so our awareness is really being pulled towards Uranus energy and Aquarius energy right now so I wanted to spend some time talking about the planet Uranus particularly Uranus's ingress through Taurus, but then I also want to talk about the Uranus generations because Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, these are these three planets are the invisible planets and they your Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto sign, it describes your generation. And the way that these planets show up in your chart, they have they can be very individual because you might have squares, trines, or sextiles from the personal planets that other people from your generation don't have. 
but and also Uranus will show up in a certain sign in your chart that gives this planet a unique flavor for you individually. But your whole you share a Uranus sign and a Neptune sign and a Pluto sign with your entire generation. So for Uranus, it's whoever is born within the same seven year period as you. And the Neptune and Pluto, it's a bit longer. I'm we'll touch we'll have to talk about those later because we're focusing on Uranus now. Um, so Uranus and Taurus. Uranus ingressed into Taurus in May of 2018. Or, yeah, May of 2018. And basically what this means is Uranus moved into the early degrees of Taurus, went retrograde and moved back into Aries. So that happened in 2018. And we got a little taste of what the Uranus and Taurus transit was going to really mean. And then Uranus moved into Taurus for good in March of 2019, when we really moved into this transit. And so Taurus holds on to things. Um, the stereotype for Taurus is that it can be stubborn and Uranus forces us to let go of things. So this transit brings a certain level of discomfort because we have to let go of a lot of the unnecessary things that we're holding on to. And often it's unnecessary things that we are feeling are very necessary. History is the story of luxury becoming necessity. That's something I'm quoting one of my favorite historians, Yuval Noah Harari. In his book Sapiens, he really illustrates how the innovations of the agricultural revolution, they made life easier. And I'm saying that with a lot of hesitation <laughs> because yeah, like it made it so people didn't have to go out and hunt and gather every day, but it all it it led to people having to work longer and harder than the hunters and gatherers because they were taking care of crops. So agriculture, which came into the world as a luxury, it very quickly became a necessity. And we see this pattern throughout the entirety of human history. We see different technologies coming in as luxuries and then society kind of adapts to them and then they become necessary. Think about electricity. <laughs> there was a time when not everybody, well not everybody has electricity nowadays, but there is a time when like only very few people in the world actually had access to electricity and now it's absolutely necessary to be a functioning person. Computers not still not everybody has computers because there's massive class divides in this world but there was a time when like very few people owned a computer and now we have we all walk around with computers in our pockets little computers that were i think that the the if i might have this wrong i might be remembering this little fact wrong but our phones are stronger than the computer that was used to navigate to the moon and we rely very heavily on these computers. We wouldn't function the same without them. So this Uranus and Taurus transit, it's bringing a lot of awareness to this tendency for uh, us to become reliant on unnecessary things, for us to create necessity, essentially. And I mean, the COVID-19 crisis, one of the main things that is happening here is that a lot of the stuff that we take for granted in our daily life is being taken away from us and we're learning 
just how much we rely on on things that they're not things that we're relying on for survival but we're they're it's really shedding a light on just how many external things we rely on and how maybe our life could be a little bit simpler and so we're moving through a time of deep reconstruction. There's a lot of death happening, both literally, there's a lot of people dying, but then also like figuratively, there's a lot of old um, patterns and belief systems and, and societal things that are dying. And I feel like over the past couple weeks, I've really felt Uranus and I've really felt, I've really been reflecting on the the theme of revolution, the nature of revolution. Because revolution, I think especially in the spiritual community, but also even outside of it, like in the social justice community and so forth, revolution is something that is really glorified. And it's important. Revolution is what turns the wheels of history. Like, it is, it is. But revolution can be terrifying and it can be traumatic. And I mean, like, I mean that in every way possible. Like, the American Revolution was a war. The French Revolution was a war. So yeah, obviously that's traumatic and terrifying and bloody. But also like the Industrial Revolution and the Scientific Revolution, there's a lot of trauma that comes with that because it's massive, sudden changes. And throughout history, we as a human collective have seen so much of this oh like you can we now living where we are now we have a lot of recorded history uh, well that's a very relative term that's a very subjective term to say that we have a lot of collective history but we can look back and we can see a lot of examples of revolutions in war and we've also seen um we've seen plagues before we've seen pandemics before we've seen empires rise and fall um humans have gone through this again and again and again and every generation has something happen to them that completely disrupts completely changes the life that they once took for granted and as we're moving through the contemporary era these changes are becoming more and more frequent because if you took somebody from the 1400s and plopped them into the 1600s they would not really feel that much of a difference like there would maybe be a different type of machine used to plow fields but like there wouldn't be a huge difference and, you know, in contrast to that, if you took someone from the 1600s and put them into the 1800s, there would be an there would be a huge difference and a huge shock to that person's system. And then even further, if you took someone from the 1800s and put them in the 2000s, they would not recognize this planet at all. So changes are happening more and more rapidly. So the generations that are alive now we're seeing more revolution than the generations that came before us. And I want to give you this reminder. I also I want to I want to give you that awareness because I think that that awareness is so important because with revolution comes trauma. Because we because the human mind does not like change. 
that's that's just a, a a way that we're wired because change means the unknown and the unknown is potentially dangerous and we're animals and our brains function the way an animal's brain would in a lot of ways because its intention is to protect us from danger so we naturally resist change so revolution is an incredibly traumatic thing to experience and i want to give you that awareness because when I reflect on, well, I mean, there's so much trauma and so anxiety, so, so, so anxiety. There's so much anxiety happening right now because we're seeing a huge, huge shift happening because of the COVID-19 crisis, because of the recession that we're anticipating, because of the massive changes that are going to have to happen in society in order to respond to this virus and pre prevent something like this from ever happening again. I'm feeling that on an individual level because my entire life is travel and I'm sitting here and wondering if my lifestyle that I worked very hard to create, if I'm ever going to be able to live like that ever again. And so like, that's my experience of it. Everyone's having their own experience of this trauma. Also, even taking COVID-19 out of the picture, in this world that we live in right now, there's a lot of anxiety in like anxiety as in like a mental health disorder, a mental health um, issue that it's, it's an epidemic nowadays. There's so many people that are suffering from anxiety and from depression. And there's a lot of reasons for this. We live in a society where, you know, everybody's very disconnected from each other and where there's a lot of pressure to do and to move and so uh you know and then there's I, I it would take me forever to sit here and list all of the reasons that there's a lot of mental health issues in society it's also very um taboo to even talk about mental health or get help for it but i think that uh one of the reasons that we are suffering mentally is because there's the world that we live in is constantly changing and our brains want to hold on to something want to have something that we can count on that's just our nature to want that and it's really hard to find certainty in this world so i want you to sort of sit with that and sit with what that means for you um because i don't know if it's possible for us to stop <laughs> the cycle of innovation and revolution or to slow it. Um, I know that COVID-19 has really done a lot to slow down our lifestyle. We live in like a go, go, go society and suddenly we've been put in a standstill. But in terms of like the wheels of history, I don't know if we can really get off of this like, you know, constantly speeding up wheel of revolution. And I also want to offer you, along with, I feel like what I've been saying is, is a bit dark. <laughs> so I want to give you a reminder of human resilience. Humans are incredible. We're incredible, resilient, intelligent beings. And I would not be quick to underestimate what we are capable of overcoming. As humans, we have a huge shadow. There's a lot of darkness involved in being a human. We, you know, have this huge capacity to dominate each other, to dominate nature and to destroy and to take. But 
I think that there's also this incredible capacity to solve problems when we cooperate with each other, when we take care of each other, when we focus on that, when we make those the important things. And just like we have gotten through every other, you know, impossible moment in history, we can get through this and we can evolve through this and we can come out of this better than we went into it. I'm checking my vital sign, drawing my battle lines, going to war again. Feeling the rhythm inside of my chest, all I need is just a pen. I know I was born for this. I know I was born for this. Don't care for the critics, my words of life is it's a force that they can't stop. They just don't get it, I think they forget I'm not done till I'm on top. I know I was born for this. I know I was born for this. Uranus is the planet that embodies that human genius and that human resilience and the nature of revolution and innovation. And Uranus was discovered on March 13, 1781, and it was the first planet to be found through a telescope. So from the moment Uranus is discovered, we're, well, first of all, it was the first like non-visible planet that we became aware of, and it was discovered through a new invention, a new innovation to space exploration, which is the telescope. And Uranus in Greek mythology uh, was the first ruler of the universe. In the beginning, there was Gaia, and then there was Gaia and Uranus, and they were married. Uranus is the sky, Gaia is the earth. For that entire myth, you can actually listen to my previous episode, because I talk about the whole story there. And Uranus was overthrown by his youngest son, Cronus, and he left his son with the prophecy that the same thing would happen to him. So he left Cronus with the prophecy that Cronus would then be overthrown by his son. And Uranus, in reality, like the planet Uranus literally is toppled over. He's on his side. In, in relation to the sun, the north pole, or one of the poles is facing the sun directly, and then the south pole is facing away from the sun. So the north, north of Uranus, or sorry, like some parts of the year, the northern half of Uranus is in constant day. And then sometimes parts of the year, and by year, I mean a Uranus year, which is like 84 Earth years. And then some parts of the year, the southern part of the planet is just in constant daytime. So Uranus is literally fallen over. It has taken me a really long time to sort of grasp how the myth of Uranus fits with the astrology of Uranus. And where I'm at right now, because my process with astrology is ever evolving, but the conclusion that I'm arriving at at this moment in my astrology practice is that Uranus is teaching us about the changing of generations, and 
it's about anything new that comes in, anything outside of the box, anything that's original that demands that the old moves over and gets out of the way. The message that Uranus brings when he comes around, when he enters any area of the sky or of your chart, the message he brings is that change is coming, so you either get out of the way or you prepare to be taken down by force. Because Uranus, in mythology, he didn't get out of the way, so he was taken down by force. And he was also, um, Uranus, we talked about how Taurus and the, and the tarot cards connected to Taurus really connect me to the themes of tyranny. Uranus also connects me to the themes of tyranny because he was an all-powerful and unjust ruler. And then his successor, or the person who overthrow him, overthrew him, Kronos, was also be, became a tyrant. So that myth teaches us a lot about the nature of tyranny. And Uranus is a generational planet, so there are three generational planets, as I mentioned before, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And Uranus defines the genius of that generation. And it also defines the kinds of changes that, that gen this particular generation will bring into the world or will witness. And so you share a Uranus sign with everyone who is born within the same seven years of you. And Uranus also shows up in your chart in a very specific way. And so if you want to know more about Uranus and your other generational planets, then you can book a reading with me. And if you're interested particularly in the generational planets, I have, when you book with me, there's a there's an opportunity when you're filling out the form to let me know what if you're interested in anything specifically in your chart. So if you let me know that you're like interested in the generational planets or if you're interested in Uranus, then I can focus the reading on that. So throwing that out there, the link's always in the show notes to book with me. Um, Uranus was the first generational planet to be discovered. Like I said, he's the first invisible planet to be discovered. And he was discovered during the Industrial Revolution at the beginning of the modern age. This was the time when the changes started to speed up, when the innovation was so fast that we, you know, we could barely keep up with it. We can like, you know, it's getting to the point where, you know, we can barely keep up with it. And I think it's really significant that, I mean, Uranus is the planet of innovation. So the innovations were speeding up when he was being, when he was discovered, but also, you know, being the first generational planet to be discovered, he was discovered during a time when we're really being called to be conscious over the themes of generation and legacy. Because with Uranus being connected to the changes of generation, I also feel a really deep connection with legacy. We experience our Uranus return at age 84. Some people live to see that, some people don't. Whether or not you're still on the planet when your Uranus return comes around, I really see that return as being connected to the legacy that you leave behind and what you give to the next generations and how the next generations pick up where you left off and pick up your work. So as a result of the Industrial Revolution, we are being forced to really face the what is being passed to the next generation because the lifestyle that we created in the Western world during the Industrial Revolution is incredibly unsustainable. And it may be that there isn't going to be future generations because of just how destructive 
our lifestyle is now. So Uranus came to us in the beginning of the Industrial Revolution to really um, call us into awareness of what is the legacy that we're leaving behind? What is it that we're actually giving to the next generations? And we're living in a time where we really have to think about that and we have to think long term. This is also connected to the age of Aquarius. We are, you know, it's debatable. We're, we're at the cusp of the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. Every astrologer is going to have a different opinion of whether or not we've actually crossed over to the age of Aquarius or not. And I'm not going to weigh on that, weigh in on that right now. And I'm just going to say we're at the cusp of Pisces and Aquarius. Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius. So he's the ruler of the new age. And I think a really big part of the new age is going to be about being more mindful of what we give to the next generation. And it's also about being more mindful of the collective and of communities, because that's a big Aquarius theme. So let's talk about the Uranus signs. I'm going to uh, actually move through the Zodiac and I'm going to talk about the themes of each Uranus sign. So in order to know your Uranus sign, you need to know um, what year you were born. So uh, yeah, you should know what year you were born. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to say the Uranus sign. I'm going to say the years. And you should also pull up your whole birth chart if possible, if you know what time and the location of your birth because then you can look at where Uranus is in your houses. Because um, the things that I say about Uranus and Aries or Uranus and Taurus, Uranus and Gemini, Uranus and Aries will also apply to you if you have Uranus in the first house. Uranus and Taurus will also apply to you if you have Uranus in the second house and so forth. So if you want to look at the sign that you have Uranus in and the houses, then that will be helpful to give you a more holistic understanding of what Uranus is in your chart. Uranus and Aries. So if you were born between the years of 1927 and 1934, you have Uranus and Aries. And also if you were born between the years of 2010 and 2018, so if you're under the age of of like 10 <laughs> and you're listening to this show then you have Uranus and Aries and these are people who like to be in charge Aries likes to be the leader and they don't hesitate to take action on out-of-the-box ideas Uranus brings in these these original ideas and Aries gives that energy to really take action on those. This also applies if you have Uranus in your first house. These are people who are very blunt and they may feel like they know better than others. That's a shadow of it. And you basically want to put your ideas into action, not someone else. This is a very rebellious Uranus sign. And these are not people who play it safe often. <laughs> So that's Uranus in Aries or Uranus in the first house. If you have Uranus in Taurus or if you have Uranus in the second house, um, Uranus in Taurus was the years 18, sorry, not 18, 1934 to 1941, if you were born in those years. Also, if you were born in 2018 or 2019 or 2020, you are a baby and you have Uranus in Taurus. Um, so if you have a child or something born during those times, this is what they are, uh, what they're like. Um, these are people who are currently experiencing their Uranus return. So if you live to this age, 
congratulations. A lot of people would love to get to live this long and you're experiencing your Uranus return. So you're going through the process of really passing your legacy on to the next generation. So if you were born during the years of 1934 and 1941, the next several years is a time where you're really reflecting on what your life has been and you're thinking about how you're going to pass your work on to the next generation. How do you want the next people, the next, um, how do you want the next generation to really pick up your work and pick up where you left off and continue? Because this is your opportunity to give those instructions so that your legacy can live on. And this is a very strong-willed and determined generation. These are people who can produce results and they are not afraid of they, they can produce results because they're patient, because they can be steady and consistent with their effort. And as we're experiencing this Uranus and Taurus transit, you're really being called to step up as leaders for us. And you're particularly called to teach us how we're, we're, you're helping us remember to be patient because the world that we live in today is built upon instant gratification. And we can see this in the United States. The United States right now, as I'm recording this, it's trying to reopen businesses prematurely when the infection rate of the disease of the virus is still, I mean, we don't even know what the infection rate is because there's no tests. So like, there's no clear indication that it's safe to do so, but we're still doing it. This is that instant gratification, lack of patience that is showing up. And also like that obsession with like, we need the economy to continue moving. We need things to continue moving. You, if you're listening to this and you are of the Uranus and Taurus generation, um, you are being called to teach us how to be patient and also if you're a part of this generation you're at an age that is vulnerable to this virus so we need to be thinking about you we need to be thinking about if you're not part of this generation i'm almost positive you love somebody who is within this generation and like you know for me it's my grandparents my grandparents are part of the uranus and taurus generation and i'm worried about them because i don't want them to die of a pandemic you know I want them to be safe and healthy and okay and I'm willing to stay in isolation as long as possible for their sake and for the sake of other people's grandparents you know so this generation's Uranus return is calling us into patience and stillness so if you have Uranus in Gemini um, if you were born between the years of 1941 and 1948 you have Uranus in Gemini also if you have Uranus in your third house um, this is an intellectual imaginative and persuasive generation this is a generation that is fueled by their ideas if you were born between the years of 1948 and 1955, you have Uranus in Cancer. Also, if you have Uranus in your fourth house, your superpower is this heightened sensitivity towards others. When Uranus is in the water signs, like you have this like electric, um, intuitive ability to really sense into um, the energy of others, the energy of the collective. This is a generation that is meant to really deeply trust their emotions because they, their emotions are the roadmap for how this generation is meant to move through this world. 
Um, this generation revolutionized what a home and what a family is meant to look like. And if you have Uranus in the fourth house, then that's something that you're doing in your lifetime is you're really um, finding a unique way to create a sense of belonging for yourself and to create and redefine what family really means for you. If you were born between 1955 and 1961, or if you have Uranus in the sixth house, you this is Uranus and Leo, um, and these are people with a very forceful personality, a strong leadership potential. Um, this is a generation of heroes and heroines. This is a generation of protagonists. Like you are the star of your life story. And this is a generation that wants to be seen and recognized for what makes them unique and what they have accomplished that is unique in the world. And I'm sorry, I think I said sixth house. I meant to say fifth house. So if you have Uranus in the fifth house, or um, if you were born during 1955 and 1961. If you have Uranus in the sixth house, or if you were born in the years of 1961 and 1968, this is Uranus in Virgo energy. So your superpower, I'm just gonna pause while this train goes by. So your superpower is your ability to really analyze and use facts. You have this perfect balance between what feels good intuitively and what works practically because Uranus is the intuition and Virgo is this very practical structured energy. So you're able to sort of like bring the two together and this is a very service oriented generation because Virgo is such a service oriented devoted sign and you have this drive to make the world a better place and you rebel against routine and restriction you have um, unusual unique ideas with um, health and food and um, Uranus also went conjunct with Pluto when he was transiting through Virgo. So if you're born in the 1960s, you have something really amazing and unique in your chart. Because in the 20th century, there were two times when the generational planets met up with each other. There were two instances with that. Um, in the 1960s, Uranus went conjunct with Pluto. So it met up with Pluto it was the same place in the sky as Pluto. And then in the 90s, Uranus went conjunct Neptune. So if you were born in the 90s, you've got Uranus and Neptune conjunct in Capricorn, and we'll talk more about what that means when I get to that sign. If you were born in the 60s, you have Uranus and Pluto in Virgo, and they're conjunct. And this is a incredibly rare conjunction to have. And the significance of it is that Pluto is deaf and transformation, and then Uranus is revolution. So this is a generation that experienced a lot of revolution and a lot of change in their day-to-day -day life. Um, things like health and food, things like um, your work. Virgo's really deeply related to the work that you do every day, so um, the way that you show up in service to the world is being deeply restructured. So if you're someone who has this conjunction in your chart, I really feel like it colors this generation as being 
revolutionary and service oriented at the same time. And what's interesting is a lot of you, because of the way the years worked out, um, the other outer planet conjunction, which was Uranus and Neptune and Capricorn, this happened in the 90s. And so a lot of you who were born in the 60s, you might have children who were born in the 90s. If you were born in the years 1968 to 1974, or if you have Uranus in the seventh house, this is Uranus in Libra energy. This is the generation who revolutionized relationships. Um, it's a generation of being really unconventional for how they choose to love and who they choose to love. And it's also, Libra is very artistic, so there's a lot of unique ways coming about in this generation of expressing yourself creatively. And it's also, this is a very entrancing and charming generation. And this also applies if you have Uranus in the seventh house. You're meant to really walk your own path when it comes to how you do relationships and how you, um, how you express yourself. If you were born in the years 1974 to 1981, or if you have Uranus in the eighth house, this is Uranus in Scorpio energy. And this generation is powerful and they are magnetic and they have really deep minds and they have this will and concentration to do just about anything. They're also deeply intuitive and they can really feel into the other. And Uranus in Scorpio is sort of about um, being really unique in how you show up in your sexuality. So this generation did a lot to break down things that were seen as taboo, um, whether it's like, you know, same-sex couples or um, polyamorous couples or like just things that are considered weird or out there when it comes to sexual expression this generation broke that stuff down also if you have uranus in your eighth house you're living that during your life journey if you were born in the years 1981 to 1988 you have uranus and sagittarius this is a very adventurous pioneering generation these are very intellectual people who have a very unique view of the world and who really have this pull to explore the world these are people who traveled more than previous generations and maybe lived abroad and had a more of a connection with the outside world this is a time when you know technology gave us the ability to communicate with people on on different parts of the planet more easily so this is the this generation is more interconnected if you were born in 1988 to 1995 you have uranus in capricorn also if you have uranus in the 10th house this applies to you this is um the eccentric visionary Uranus energy is channeled into something very practical and very long-term. This is a generation that has become very mindful of the long-term effect of the things that they bring into the world. These are, these are a lot of the millennials who are very conscious of social justice and environmental justice. And this also, this generation also has this like unshakable will to succeed very ambitious and these are people who like to be in charge they have a very difficult time accepting the authority of others i think i see that a lot with the millennials there there's this difficulty with accepting authority and there's this stereotyping of millennials being very entitled and very selfish but it's just because 
we're meant to have a very different relationship with authority than um, previous generations. And these are people that are going to have a lot of different career paths in their life and who may have a lot of different unconventional jobs because we're breaking through old established ideas of what is a career, what is a long-term vision of how a life is supposed to go. Are you supposed to just like pick one thing and be like, this is what I do until I die? Or are you supposed to really expose yourself to a lot of different professions in life? Um, this is a generation that can organize. And we have to look out for becoming tyrannical um, as our generation continues to come of age because we have a very strong will and we have this um, we have this uh, this stamina to really carry things through. But we have to be mindful that we don't have an authoritarian or a dictator in our midst um, because that is the shadow of our generation. And so just like I was saying with the Uranus-Pluto um, conjunction that happened in the 60s, if you were born in the 90s or the late 80s, you have Uranus and Neptune conjunct in your birth chart or at least close to each other. And I'm really feeling that this is the time for us to step up. Um, I'm using the word we and us because I am falling into this category myself. Um, the the planets that are moving through capricorn right now that have been moving through capricorn over the past couple of years they have been activating the planets in your birth chart if you were born in the 90s they've been activating your neptune and your uranus and we have been really pushed to step up during this time and craft a vision for the future that we so that we can see what is on the other side of this particular revolution. Um, we are being called to participate in a fundamental upgrade in the value system, in a new way to use resources. So we're not abusing resource, resources, we're not distributing them poorly. We're actually using our resources in a way that is sustainable and effective and everyone else gets some. Uranus currently moving through Taurus. Uranus is communities and Taurus is self-reliance. So you put that together and you get self-reliant communities. We're also going to be feeling this energy as the North Node moves into Gemini. There is this return to the local community, to the tribe, to the connection with the people who are immediately around you. And we're witnessing just how fragile the big structures really are. We can't rely on them anymore. We can't live or die by the big systems. We we can't live or die by the corporations um, that don't really care about us. Um, we have to live and die as a community with each other, um, not with some impersonal system that doesn't know your name. Um, also, there's this um, reevaluation of the idea of money and currency. Um, it's also reminding us just how much we really value being connected to each other. We were so disconnected before the COVID-19 crisis. You know, I was guilty of this. I was guilty of not really being with whoever I was with because I was involved in my phone. Like, even if you're somebody who creates boundaries around your electronics, it's kind of always in your awareness that somebody could be contacting you or wanting to get a hold of you. And it makes it really difficult for us to be present with each other. So what are our relationships gonna look like after this? Are we going to continue to take real human connection for granted? Or are we gonna go on living as screen zombies? If you were born in the Neptune, if you were born in the Uranus 
Capricorn generation, the Neptune Capricorn generation, the 80s and the 90s, you grew up in the digital age. Not as much as like the people that were born after us like really grew up in the digital age, but we were the first people to really grow up with technology. And so our relationship with technology in a lot of ways was dictated to us by people or taught to us by people who didn't really understand the long-term effects of technology. Our parents didn't grow up with phones and computers all the time, so they didn't really understand what it would do to us to grow up with this stuff, but we understand it. So when we, you know, as we're getting older and we're, we're having children, we're creating the next generation, we have this awareness that we can move forward with of the shadow of technology and we can be more mindful with the future generations and the relationship that we teach them to have with with um, screens so those are a bunch of thoughts about the uranus conjunct neptune generation um and this is your time this is your time to step up this conjunction is being activated right now and we are really being called to participate in this event, in this process. If you were born in 1995 to 2003, you have Uranus and Aquarius. This is uh, Uranus's Uranus rules over Aquarius. So this is a power. This is a generation that has a very powerful Uranus. Um, you are a very genius generation. You have this connection to community. You are advanced thinkers. You believe in freedom of thought, and you are convinced that you're. You may. You believe in freedom of thought, and your shadow is that you may get really stuck in your ideas, what you believe is right. So you have to really learn how to be flexible with um, seeing the perspectives of others. And you move up in the world through connections and through community, through people. And so if you are listening and you have this Uranus sign, you are a younger generation. You're, you know, in your early 20s or maybe even teenage years and your time is coming. Um, right now, the Uranus and Capricorn generation is really stepped up and is really experiencing our moment, our moment to witness generational change and to be a part of innovating in the collective. If you've got Uranus and Aquarius, you're on deck. The, planet, the outer planets right now are moving through Capricorn. They're gonna be moving into Aquarius in the year, in like the early 2020s, and you're really gonna be called to step up and bring your gifts to the, the collective and bring your revolution. So I would take this time to really reflect on the future in the world that you want to bring in and the legacy that you want to leave behind, that you want your generation to live behind, leave behind, which I know is a big question because you guys are really young right now, but um, it's good to reflect on that stuff anyway and because your time is coming and you're going to be called to step up very soon. If you were born, also if you have Uranus in the 11th house, this in, in some way also applies to your chart. If you were born in the years 2003 to 2010, um, or if you have Uranus in the 12th house, this is Uranus in Pisces energy. This is a very subtle, emotional Uranus. These are people that don't have a very like out there um, 
Uranus that can be seen very easily. Your superpower is mastery of human emotion and compassion, most of all, compassion and empathy. Um, this is a very psychically aware generation. These people are really young right now. They're like, they're kids. Um, this generation is really meant to be trusting their intuition. And also this is a generation that may not have a very strong will when it comes to carrying things out. They need a lot of rest and they need a lot of tenderness. And I really feel like we're um, right now with the restructuring of the society that's happening with COVID-19, I think we're preparing for this very sensitive, empathetic, um, tender Uranus and Pisces generation to come forward and bring in this like, uh, bring more compassion into the world. And they're almost like bringing in this like utopian energy and we're we're working on creating a world where it's safe for them to exist right now so those are the uranus generations and i hope that brings some insight into um i hope it brings some extra insight into your chart and into some of the bigger collective energies that you are moving through and also i i just felt kind of nudged to talk about the generations because I want to sort of reinforce that feeling of we're all in this together, we're all moving through this together, this is something that we're all witnessing together, um, this idea of unity, of, you know, your birth chart is very unique to you, but there's a lot of it that you share with other people, there's a lot of characteristics in your chart that you're going to share with your, your generation, and so I wanted to sort of like bring some emphasis into that. and. This is the new moon in Taurus, so if you're listening to this in real time, this is an opportunity for you to really think long term of what is the life that you would like to create um, when we are finally able to move out of this crisis, because the seeds are, because you have to plant the seeds for that now. You have to start preparing for that now. I don't think that we are really at the end of the COVID-19 crisis, but I do think that um, we are at the point where we have to start thinking about where we move forward from here. So take some time during, and tap into this like practical, um, patient, strong energy of Taurus and think about what it is you want to be manifesting over the next several months and make a commitment to it. The earth signs teach us about the nature of dedication and hard work. So I'm personally using this new moon as an opportunity to really commit myself to something that is going to require a lot of patience and dedication and hard work. Um, and that's how I'm working with the energy. Um, yeah, if you've listened all the way to this point, thank you so much for giving me uh, a chunk of your time to talk about my ideas of what is happening in the world right now and uh, what it all means and I deeply deeply appreciate you if there's anything that I could do for you to help you as we continue to move through this whole <laughs> situation uh, please let me know send me a message on Instagram if you have any questions about um, energy astrology uh, or I don't know, anything that you think I can answer, go ahead and ask it. Um, there's links in the 
show notes if you want to book a reading with me. Um, I've committed at the beginning of this, I committed to all of my readings being only $50 so that they're accessible to as many people as possible. And I'm sticking to that until the end of this COVID-19 crisis. So the link to book is in the description or in the um, show notes if you would like. And until next time, I hope that you stay safe and healthy and you're able to use this time to create something really meaningful and valuable for yourself. Not putting any pressure on you to be productive, but um, I hope that this offers you some opportunities to create some more beauty in your life. And as always, thank you for being on this journey with me and bye for now. Everybody's got a balance, but no one knows how much. There's no way to run the numbers, no way to count it up. And we're pouring out our fortunes in the moments, both the big and the small. Yeah, we gotta spend it all. All I have is what you gave. Watching seconds turn to days. I was made for more than just watch it fly. A few more turns around the sun. Could be hundreds, could be one. Show me how to spend the treasure of my time. Show me how to spend a life. seen a tombstone say i didn't work enough nah. nobody ever heard a father say i held my kids too much god i want to run after what really matters so remind me when i fall how a good man spends it all all i have is what you gave watching seconds turn to days I was made for more than just watch it fly A few more turns around the sun Could be hundreds, could be one Show me how to spend the treasure of my time Show me how to spend a life Show me how to spend a life me waste it don't let me lose it don't let me steal it for myself no no i know it's precious i know it's priceless i know my time is flying by show me how to spend a life mm -hmm. Show me how to spend the light. Yeah. Cause all I have is what you gave. Watching seconds.